I'm Brian No, he's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. We'll get to Joseph Newgarden here momentarily. By the way, he's a Team Penske IndyCar driver. How do you think Roger Penske is in real life, Jimmy? What do you think? I don't know. It's a great question. I, I would assume in terms of whether it's drivers within his own camp or whether it's drivers in general, if you were to ask him or pen his mind, I would like to think that he would be very open and helpful in that regard. But I don't know. I never had the pleasure. What do you think? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm, I'm really curious what he's like in general. Just little things, you know. Is you can he... you can tell there there's passion and love there, especially because him, you know, taking over in general IMS and the IndyCar circuit. Like he really values and cares about the history of not only this event but the sport as a whole. So yeah. we at least have that to go off of. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll find out from Joseph Newgarden here. He joins us here, Team Penske IndyCar driver. Uh, Joseph, welcome in. Good afternoon. Uh, just random question has nothing to do with the Indy 500. Are you a fan of one percent, two percent, or skim milk? Oh, I mean, I'm a whole milk guy, but if it's between <laughs> that, I'll take two percent. You go okay. So two percent if uh, if you're victorious, is that what the choice would be for you? No, I mean, well, I, I don't know if you said whole or not, but I'm definitely whole milk. I want the the real deal. You want whole milk. I like that. Yeah, so my bad. I thought it used to be skim milk. Now they've gone whole milk at Indy. Is that right? Yeah, so, you, I mean, you definitely get your pick. Every year you got to fill out your card, and it's interesting. There's, I think there's only one person that's filled out skim. I don't even know who it is, but <laughs> it's, it's very rare to put that. That's funny, man. How do you feel heading into the race, Joseph, just in terms of practice, qualifying, everything that's gone into getting ready for race day here? Yeah, I feel great. You know, it's a big buildup, obviously. Uh, you know, the Indy 500 is so special, as everybody in Indianapolis, Indiana knows. Um, and it's great, you know, to, to finally be getting to this final stretch. I feel like we're getting really close now, and, and we are. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of that point of the week where I just want to go do it. You know, we've been here a lot and practicing, qualified for the event, and you know, now it's time for the, the main event, and that's the best part. You know, that's what we work towards. Joseph, I'm also going to go off track with a question for a second. Uh, I've been told, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, that perhaps you were among the participant in the uh, epic pickleball tournament that's taken place over the last uh, couple of days. If that is the case, uh, who were you partnered up with? Was it just solo for you? And how did you feel about how all that played out? There was a bunch of pickleball that was uh, going down here at the track. You know, we always try and uh, get into something to stay, um, you know, stay sane, I guess, if you will, um, throughout all the time. We're just, we're, li- we're literally living here. We're living at the track for two and a half weeks. And I was teamed up with uh, Alex Polo, pole winner. So we were, <laughs> we were team belief. Um, we just started, I literally just learned how to play pickleball three days ago. And it's super fun. Everybody got involved. And, uh, yeah, we, we didn't make it to the final, unfortunately, but uh, it, was, it was pretty fun getting the whole whole paddock engaged here. How about this deal, 100 Days to Indy? It's a docu-series. It's six parts. And similar to Drive to Survive, the F1 series, it's 10 episodes per season. But this thing that you're doing with Elio Castroneves, can you give us some details on that thing? Yeah, it's been great. You know, so uh, as you said, 100 Days to Indy, it's been on the CW. Um, it's it's in conjunction with Vice, who's filming it. And it's it's been great to, I think, show a different side of the series that maybe people weren't exposed to in the past. You know, obviously, if you're a motorsports fan, I think IndyCar is an easy win. Um, you know, to me, it's the most competitive 
motorsports product out there on the market and and we love it for for that reason but there's a lot more to it you know i think people are interested in the the human side of the sport you know what goes on behind the scenes outside of just what you see on track and that's what you're getting very similar like you said to drive to survive on you're getting a little bit uh, of a more in-depth view of the the whole picture of who you know who the people are in indycar um you know how this whole thing kind of comes you know comes together every weekend to run a race especially this this big event it, so it's the documentary really films from the beginning of the season all the way to the build-up to the 500 on race day. It's filmed like real time, literally what they're filming this week, and for the 500, it's going to come out next week. So it's a pretty crazy turnaround and schedule, but you know, it's been great just to, to give people that alternate perspective. Justin Newgarden here with us on the Fan Midday Show of Team Penske. Joseph, when you look back at your first start in 2012 to now – this will be your 12th start for the greatest spectacle in racing. What's the biggest thing about your approach or about your routine or just how you attack the oval that has changed over that time? Uh, it's, it's just so challenging. You know, this obviously we get one shot at this race every year, and that's what makes it such a, uh, a pressure-filled event just because it, it is a big deal. You know, you, you spend a lot of time here at Indy leading up to it. I think just managing your you know, your energy level, your schedule throughout the two and a half weeks is really critical. It, it sounds like that'd be easy, but when you – when you really get involved in this and you're, you know, building to race day, it's, it's easy to just, you know, be burned out by the time you get to the actual race. So uh, that's one thing you get better at when you, when you do it enough times, you figure out, all right, how, how am I going to actually pace myself? So I'm not completely mentally and physically worn out by the time we just actually get to the race. Um, so that always gets a little bit better. I find each, each and every year. What other drivers have you been impressed with, Joseph, leading up to the race, whether it's practice, qualifying, where you say, man, they got it cranked up right now? Dude, it's hard to say. You know, no one's a standout in this series right now. Um, I mean, I think, you know, we're going to be in a good spot. I got to believe that. Um, You know, how how can I not feel confident in what we're going to do in the two-car? But, you know, it's you can't single anybody out in our championship. You just absolutely can't. You, you don't know what's going to happen in these races. It's not even a marketing line. Like, it's it's reality. We show up every week, and there's been five different winners of five different races to start the year. So if you think you can predict who you think is going to be good or, if you, you know, whoever you think is going to be a lock, I guarantee you, it more times than not, it's not going to work out. So. <laughs> That's that's what makes it exciting, you know. I think our championship right now is so it's so mixed up, it's so competitive, and you know, absolutely, you have favorites. You know, Chip Ganassi Racing has been strong. I think us at Team Penske were always considered a favorite, um, but it's it's hard to list anyone out specifically. So, you know, if you're in one of those those pools where everybody's drawing a driver, it pretty much anyone in the field can work out. So you you can feel confident that you've got a shot with with anybody's name that you pull. All that said, we've yet to make our selections for Sunday. Why should we hitch our wagon to Team Penske and Joseph Newgarden in the two car? Well, look, I always feel confident. You know, I, I feel like we've got we've got the team to to make it happen. Uh, team Penske has won in eighteen Indianapolis five hundreds, which is more than anybody by a mile. So they know how to get the job done. I've never won one, so for me, it's it would be a very big deal to try and seal the, you know, finally steal a win, um, but I, I think we've got the team. I think we've got the car. You know, we've just got to execute a good race. So a- anything can happen. I've seen it. I've seen it many, many times um, up to this point. But I feel confident. You know, we can execute when it really counts. I got to know what Roger Penske is like uh, away from the racetrack, just in general. Is he serious all the time? Is he happy-go-lucky? Is he cracking jokes? What's Roger Penske like? 
Oh, Roger's Roger's amazing. He's just uh, he's a, a lovely human being, as you can imagine. Um, he's one of the nicest, most considerate people I've ever met. He's he's all business for the most part. You know, even away from the track, he's he's always thinking about you know what what are we going to do to be better in all areas, not just at the track, but with with the, the entire Penske group. Um, but he does he loosens up every now and then. He's he's great to you know catch up with. He's like I said, he's very considerate. He's always trying to you know, hear about your family and what's going on and if you need anything. So he's just a lovely human being, one of the best people I think you could work for. And, uh, yeah, he's all business, but but he has a little bit of fun every now and then. It's just very rare. You know, I'm curious, Joseph, because, uh, you know, like sometimes when you do a radio show, you say things that you normally wouldn't say or you say it in a different way where you get like, the, hey, what's going on, everybody? It's like you don't talk like that. And I'm just curious, doing the 100 days to Indy when you've got a, a camera on you a lot, have you felt like you've done anything differently at all or is it just business as usual for you? Yeah, not yet. It's They've been very fly on the wall, super respectful. Um you know, I struggle with it. I, I don't like the cameras around, but we're, we're sort of used to it at this point. You know, just adding another camera crew really wasn't a big distraction. So I wouldn't say it's been different. I, I think that's been the nice thing about the show. I've really only seen the first episode up to this point. Um, but I felt like there was nothing that was twisted or that was, you know, constructed in a way to make you you know feel differently. I felt like it was really authentic what they were filming, which is great, which is exactly what they wanted to capture was just, they wanted to, to see what the process was like to be in the series, you know, what people are like at home, et cetera. And no, I've not had any of those moments yet. So it's all been pretty smooth. That's great, man. Well, hey, we'll be watching you on Sunday. Very much looking forward to it and hope you have a great ride, man. Thanks for the time today, for sure. All right. Enjoy the race. See ya. Absolutely. You too. There he is. Joseph Newgarden, Team Penske IndyCar driver. I'm Brian No. He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. I want to welcome in Casey Valier, radio coordinator, in-game studio host for the Colts. You know, Casey, most of this interview obviously is going to be about the Colts, but it's not in season right now. So I'm just curious, as a sports fan, what do you indulge in this time of year? Oh, man, what a loaded question, because you're right. I'm a sports <laughs> fan, but you talk about this time of year being from Indianapolis it is all IndyCar for me. I mean, you got Leonard Skinner, who I remember playing Carb Day a handful of years ago, bringing me back. So, yeah, right now it is all Indy 500, so I'm gearing up for this weekend. So that's where my attention is right now. You know, I dabble a little bit in college, college baseball just because I have a baseball background, hmm. but it's kind of more family time. So maybe sports kind of take a little bit of a back burner right now. Yeah, it's a good time to be like, hey uh, – Oh, you're my son still, right? Like <laughs> you, you reconnect with the family this time right. of year, I feel oh, like. Oh, absolutely. I forgot I had kids. Oh, yeah, hi. <laughs> Wait, remind me what your name is. I forget. We're just done with football season here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, right now, as we're at this stage, you know, late May, what are you most interested in Colts-wise as they get together for a, a practice here, a practice there? What do you have your eye on the most? Honestly, it's if my first um, thing that I'm really looking at is what's different with this regime from the last. You know, you 
you can watch a million practices and every coach, every staff does it differently than somebody else. So that's kind of what I'm watching. So we, I was out there for about a half hour until I you know, popped inside to do this. Um, and, and the way that they're doing their drills, it seems just different from when Frank Reich was here and they were doing all that stuff. So that stuff is kind of cool for me to watch just to see how, you know, instead of doing this in this drill, they're doing it this way. So that kind of stuff there. But it's all about what's going on with quarterback. That's, that's always what we're going to be watching. You know, I want to see how the ball comes out of his hand now compared to watching it on tape. I want to see how big Anthony Richardson looks. You know, Gardner Minshew, he's probably right now looked at as the guy to start everything, get everything rolling as we head towards camp and everything. So see how he is kind of handling the offense. So it's all offensive-based. Um, that's kind of where my attention is and just kind of seeing how they do these drills because right now you're not, you're not going to see, you know, 11 on 11 full contact, any of that. You're going to get a little bit of 11 on 11 drills, but you're not going to be able to get a good idea of what everything's going to look like. So it's almost kind of taking in everything else around it. Casey, I know Anthony Richardson changes everything with this question, but in terms of how you're evaluating the rest of the rookies with the combination of like, Brian alluded to this new regime. How are you evaluating, if at all, any differently this rookie class compared to years past with the organization? Yeah, that's that's a great question because you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's all eyes if you turn on. NFL Network, you talk about the Colts, the first thing you mention is Anthony Richardson and what he's going to do and all of that. Um, but, but there are a lot, of, a lot of question marks when you look at what this team did a year ago and the positions that they drafted and addressed. So, you know, my biggest concern heading into this season was what they're going to do at corner. And they addressed it in, in the big form in, in the draft, in drafting three cornerbacks. And you also took a safety, too. So you've got four new defensive backs to come in. And essentially, you're going to be asking a lot of them because you lose guys like Stephon Gilmore, Brandon Faison, and you really didn't add anything in free agency. So I'm really going to be viewing this class kind of with the quarterback and probably his relationship with guys like Josh Downs, who you're going to see you know, what, what that's going to look like as rookies. But mainly Juju Brent's highlighting that cornerback room, kind of what those young guys do to really – make a name because they're going to be, I think, asked to do a lot as rookies in this defensive scheme just because of pure numbers and depth. There's going to be a lot of weight put on those guys' shoulders for sure. Do you think, Casey, that with Anthony Richardson being the number 4 overall pick, high-profile guy, there's going to be so much focus on and attention on him. Do you think that could take some of the spotlight off in a good way? Some of the other rookies like Josh Downs, you mentioned Juju Brents right there, where they're not on center stage and they might be able to ease in a little bit better. Would you buy that? 100%. I, I think I, I, you guys you – guys, cover sports, you know athletes, you know how they all kind of tick. And one of the things you're always looking for is kind of that chip on your shoulder. So all of these guys would probably prefer to get the attention like an Anthony Richardson is. I mean, for me, I want people to talk about how great I am at this. and all. You know, you always have an ego. So these guys are probably looking at it as, oh, well, you're going to overlook me. Watch what I'm going to do. And I'm not saying that as, like, we should be talking more about all these guys because it's understandable. You're taking fourth overall. You are kind of viewed to be the franchise. I mean, you, you are it. So it's understandable that that is the conversation, but it definitely, I think, takes a little bit of weight off some of these guys for you just to go out and play. You know, just go out and do your thing, 
And it, it may go under the radar until it gets to that point where we're like, why well, we can't not acknowledge what this guy is doing. And that's probably a good way to view it. I would, I would agree with your, your sentiment. Casey, what, if anything, are you looking at most critically, both through OTAs and the rest of this offseason, along the Colts' offensive line, knowing the expectations for, for Tony Sperano Jr. and his staff in trying to rework this group, maybe not to the levels they were a couple years ago, but definitely, you would think, an immense improvement from what you had a season ago? Yeah, I mean, I think that is, if you ask me, that's the most important feature of this team for success, especially this year, but moving forward. You have to be able to lay that groundwork. You hear from Chris Ballard. He wants to build a team within the trenches, both offensive and defensive line. The offensive line, you've got a lot of money tied up. It's it's well documented how much money you've got between guys like Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, and Braden Smith. And, you know, there's still a lot of question marks, but it's one of those things that maybe a new voice is going to really kind of get everybody geared up a little bit more. Not saying that they they needed to hear it, but sometimes just hearing things a little differently or or looking at it a new way kind of helps spur something new. And what you saw last year, and one of the things that I heard Ryan Kelly say early on was, it wasn't like when you watched the tape it was all bad. It was just there's a handful of things you highlight when one guy was bad, hopefully you have someone to pick him up, and it was like all five of them were off sync. And that's where what you saw kind of happen last year, offensive line struggles kind of took place. It was just all five were off sync, and that just makes for a really, really tough way to kind of, you know, attack a defense i think that is the key it is getting these guys to just go back and believe trust one another i mean when you look at ryan kelly quentin nelson and Braden smith they played a lot of snaps together so if you can get that three working in unison i think that is the most important thing bernard ryman i wouldn't say you can pencil him in and sharpie as the guy at left tackle but he's definitely got a little bit of leg up on everybody else so getting him in with, you know, working next to Quentin Nelson on a day-to-day basis right now like he didn't do last year. You know, last year it was inserted in the middle of the year, and it's, you know, you kind of baptism by fire, if you will. So right now it's it's really important that those guys kind of just be in sync, and that is the biggest thing that I think Tony Sperano Jr. is kind of telling all these guys. And if you, if you meet Tony Sperano Jr., I mean, this guy just lives and breathes offensive line. It makes sense that he's the O-line coach because he almost looks like you could put some pads on him and he can get out there and line up too. So he's just bringing a new voice, and he's just kind of re- letting these guys know, hey, look, you guys have played a lot of good football together. Let's just get back to that. Man, it's crazy that Tony Sperano Jr. is 36 years old. I feel so much older right now. <laughs> I feel the same way. When he came <laughs> in, I was like, wait a minute. How is this even possible? And I like to I mean, I'm, I'm 33. I'm not saying I'm like old by any means, but I've been following this sport for a long time, so I completely understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. He's Casey Vallier. Radio coordinator, in-game studio host for the Colts, joining us here on The Fan. Casey, you mentioned how just little subtle things might look different with this regime compared to the Frank Reich regime in practice. And it might be something real small. It might be football geeky, but what is something that has stood out to you where you're like, oh, that's interesting, that's different? Yeah, that's that's a really good question, just because we, we haven't seen a whole bunch of it. So honestly, all of it is new right now. So I can't just pinpoint one of the things. But I just feel like just the way that practice is kind of laid out at this point. Now, this is it's 
I would I would go out on a limb and say this is probably not reminiscent of what it's going to look like when August rolls around, but it's just kind of getting everybody into it. It just seems I don't know, part of I mean, you want to talk about a little thing. The soundtrack's a lot different than what we heard with Frank Reich. I, I, it's like right now I heard four songs from when I was in high school. I was like, hey, I know this song. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't consider myself hip at all, but I'm like actually singing the songs while I'm standing out there. I was like, well, this is different. So just little things like that that I'm sure I'm going to learn as we get through it. But that's what, I mean, really, I'm just kind of – I mean, we're all infatuated by watching Anthony Richardson run, run routes and throw throw the football. So, you know, watching him throw a seven-yard pass, we're like, wow, did you see how fast that came out? So that's kind of what we're eyes are on right now for sure. Casey, earlier this week or over the last couple of weeks, the Colts made a move to sign free agent tight end Caden Smith, and it makes that tight end room that was already arguably one of the deepest in terms of personnel in there up to, I think, now seven tight ends as things stand right now. Uh, What type of competition is going to be like within that specific room over the next couple of months? I'm glad you brought that up because I actually was talking with uh, the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, this morning, you know, where it's very, very early. And I know we probably shouldn't be having these conversations, but it's just what you do. You start trying to break down what that final, you know, when you make the 53, what it's going to look like and you break it down by numbers. And at tight end, I was like, you know, you're probably going to have three guys active on game day, but you probably are going to keep four just because of the depth that you have. And it's not only the depth that you have, you have a mixture of youth, but also guys that are experienced. I mean, one of the guys that nobody's talking about is Farrell Brown. He's in his seventh year in the NFL. He's played a lot of football, and he's kind of one of those guys that you just, they sign, you didn't even think anything of it because you got like Jelani Woods coming back, Mo Ali Cox. Kylan Granson, Drew Ogletree had a great training camp last year. You add another guy who, Caden Smith, I remember when he was coming out, he was a pretty thought of as a, a good mid-round pick at the tight end spot who can actually come in and play. So he's got some skill there. It, it is a very deep room. I'm very interested to see. And with the new regime, you aren't exactly sure how they're going to be used. But when you watch what Philadelphia did, I mean, they play a lot of tight ends when Shane Steichen was the offensive coordinator, and they do it in different ways. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what his style of tight end rim looks like. You, you know that Jelani Woods is going to be the highlight. He's the guy who had probably – he's he's probably gives you the most – I don't know what the word is. He makes it. He makes defensive coordinators kind of stay up at night. He's probably one of those guys on this offense that does that. So you know it's going to be highlighted by him, but it's going to be very interesting to see what that number of, of how many tight ends they keep because, as you said, it's a very full room. Casey, before you go, i got to know, if you won the Indy 500, would you choose 1%, 2%, or whole milk, whole milk right Man, there. Man, putting me on the spot. I'd probably go with what Louis Meyer did and choose buttermilk just so I can hear Donald Davidson say the word buttermilk. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I, I'm a 1% at home, but when I grew up, I drank 2%. So either of those would probably be my choice. I would say 1% just because that's what we have in our fridge at home now. But that was just mainly for the kids. Just I don't I don't know. My, my wife does all the nutritional stuff. So she says 1%. That's what we buy. So probably 1% right now. There you go. Hey, man, Casey, thank you very much for the time, man. It was a lot of fun. And uh, hope you enjoyed the Indy 500 in the weekend. 
Oh, I will. It's always one of my favorite weekends. It's one of those things with being an Indiana person, I really relish this time because it's it's highlighted and, and it's one of my favorite moments. I've been going for years, so one of those things that I can't wait, that's for sure. But thanks for having me, guys. Casey, by the way, you were 21 years old, if I'm doing the math right, when Leonard Skinner uh, headlined Carb Day. Yeah, just to, just to put, put, put your right. age and back I mean, again in perspective there. <laughs> I, I'm assuming that by the time they took the stage, I was probably like every other 21-year-old. I probably wasn't remembering what was happening but i knew it was a good show <laughs> did you yell i think for a comedic value if you yelled play some skinnered when skinnered is there that would have been a great line right you play some skinnered or hey play Freebird, and they might actually do it you know yeah right <laughs> absolutely man we'll catch you soon casey all right thanks guys thank you there he is casey valier in-game studio host for the colts that was a lot of fun that was good I'm Brian No. He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Very pleased to welcome in Connor Daly. IndyCar driver, racing for the Ed Carpenter team over there, joining us here on The Fan. And Connor, I don't know if it's going to tick you off right away. It's certainly not my intention, but you look a little like the boxer Canelo Alvarez a bit to me. Anybody ever say that to you? I, 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 he's very rich and successful, so I, 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 I respect that, and I've, I've heard it before. Um, and you know what? Good for us, I guess, as uh, twins. <laughs> That's right, man. Guys are good-looking dudes over here. Do you have a left hook like Canelo for your post-race career? Oh, man, I doubt it. That guy's, uh, that guy's built like something fierce, so I, I don't think I have the same, um, the same build, but... Uh, you know what? If 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 someone wants to pay me a hundred million dollars a night to fight or whatever, maybe I'll take it up as a career. Man, yeah, right. That wouldn't be a, a bad second act, right there. How's everything yeah. going so far, leading up to the race? You pleased with where you're at? As you know, your car, your setup, your crew, everything. Do you feel like you're on point for Sunday? Yeah, man, we're feeling really good. We've had a we've had a solid month. Um, qualifying didn't go quite as well as we were hoping for, but. Um, it's kind of this place has uh, some interesting things to it, and sometimes, you know, myself and Ed Carpenter, my teammate, my boss, uh, we're about we're separated by about point less than point two of a mile an hour, so pretty close there. And we tried to run again, tried to get a little bit more speed out of it, but I don't think we had um, just the raw pure speed that uh, that our that our other teammate Renus had. So it, it's fine with us, honestly, because the race car is a completely different car. Um, and uh, and we know every single time we've got in, we've been in race trim, we feel really good. So uh, the race is what pays, and um, you know that's why we show up on Sunday, uh, you know, to to try to get get to the front and win. Connor, with how much time is spent preparing for this race? What's the team's overall goals and objectives, and your overall approach to Carb Day tomorrow? Well, honestly, there's a lot of practice time for this event, but there's always more to do. So we have you know, a few different things that we want to try. Uh, there's, we have a wider range of, uh, of aerodynamics, uh, aerodynamic settings we can run this year. So, uh, we want to make sure we're, we're aware of what each, uh, level of the, of those, uh, you know, of those trims and those, uh, downforce settings feel like, uh, for race day, because basically, you know, you get a lot of puzzle pieces through this month. You get a lot of, uh, little things and, and little bits of information. And your goal for race day is basically just put all the best stuff together and make it, uh, you know, make it, make it go as fast as possible and make it feel as good as possible after all that you've tried during the month. So, 
it's uh, you know it's it's a real science it's a real science project for for myself and my engineer and the teams, and um, we just hope we do it better than everyone else. He's IndyCar driver Connor Daly joining us here on the Fan. I find that really interesting, Connor, where your teammate Ed Carpenter is also your boss. So, what kind of understanding or arrangement do you guys have on the track? If you've got a chance to pass him and, and win the Indy 500, do you feel obligated to push him while he's the boss? How do you guys break it down exactly? Well, I think the good thing about both Ed and Renus, um, you know, they're they're good, smart racers. So, you know, racing with those guys, racing with your teammates is usually the best case scenario. And, and I mean, if we had all three of us at the, in the top three at the end of the race fighting for the win, that's the best case scenario for everyone. So I think um, – all of us want to win more than anything, right? So it's uh, it's 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 a tough situation. It's going to be um, a challenge if we do happen to get there. But we know that uh, this is a team sport, and uh, you know if somehow Ed Carpenter Racing was able to get a one-two-three finish, uh, well, Ed makes the most money. But uh, no matter what, out of that situation, but uh, we're all having a, a nice a nice celebration for sure. Connor, last year off track. You were the victim of, of Beadgate, as it was coined uh, throughout the news organizations here in the city and the state, as 1.75 million of those vase filler beads were put into your hot tub. Uh, I realize even if you have, you wouldn't reveal your cards to this point, but has there been any retaliation uh, on the mind or any pranks that have gone on to this point out there? Honestly, it's been pretty quiet. I think everyone this month has been next level busy uh which is good it means the event is uh you know at a very very high level like like always but it it feels even um even more just massive and 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 busy this year so that's good i think everyone's been kind of calm on the uh on the um uh, the, the attacks or the uh the 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 disaster um activities there's been a couple things that haven't been publicized as much like i saw Tony Kanan's golf cart was wrapped in saran wrap and Scott McLaughlin's scooter was wrapped in saran wrap. Um, so someone's been up to something. Um, and obviously there's been a couple scooters that have been altered. Um, but uh, yeah, a few small things, but nothing quite as major as the hot tub debacle last year, uh, which is probably good for everyone's sanity. You were diagnosed with type one diabetes at age 14 and I'm just curious, when the race rolls around on Sunday, is there anything that you have to do that's special to get through a wet race? And, you know, when you're sweating up a storm and it might be a little bit different than someone that doesn't have that, is there anything that you have to do specifically? Yeah, I mean, life becomes a little bit more challenging than I would say everyone else that doesn't have type 1 diabetes. But, uh, you know, it's something that I'm so used to now. It obviously doesn't go away any day of the week. So, uh, you know, I've been racing for so many years with it now. Um, that it's, uh, but, but it's also, um, a pretty straightforward situation. You know, what goes in has to be, you know, what goes into your body has to be managed. And, and, uh, and if you don't put anything in it, well, uh, that's also, you know, a different result as well. So, uh, I have a pretty strict regimen that I stick to. I can monitor my blood sugar at all the times as well. Um, so it's never caused an issue for me, thankfully. And, you know, we have drink bottles in the car as well. Uh, everyone does. Hopefully they work, um, but uh, but if not, you know I, I make sure that my preparation is always the same, always very uh, very just 
one thing after another, make sure that you've got enough of what you need. My team helps me out as well to make sure that I've got what I need right before I get in the car, and then we just go racing. Connor Daly of Ed Carpenter Racing here with us on the fan in the 20 car. He'll get set for his 10th Indianapolis 500 start. Another change for you guys or something different among your pit crew, former offensive lineman Ben Braden is going to be in charge of uh, plugging in the fuel line, make sure it, it's steady and ready to roll for those pit stops. Uh, I know that he's had some conversations in general with Ed Carpenter, with you as a whole. What went into that process? And is Ben ready to go for Sunday? Yeah, man, Ben's been awesome. We've, we've trained at the gym with Ben uh, for, for a few years now um, as, uh, as he was trying to you know, be, you know, be more and more involved in the NFL. Um, but uh, we, we kind of, Ed, I guess, asked him to come in and, and see what he thought about it, about working with the team. And, boy, the guy's done an amazing job, uh, you know, meshing with the team. And uh, he's been my fueler all year long, and he's done a great job. I mean, the more and more experience he gets, the better he gets. Um, and, uh, you know, that's – and he's also the biggest dude in the paddock. So there's, uh, there's no one that's going to mess with him or mess with our group if there happens to be a throwdown at any point. Um, and he's also pretty good at uh, at manhandling that fuel that fuel rig. He's Connor Daly, IndyCar driver here on the fan. You're an Indiana boy, you know, from Noblesville. Do you think that winning the 500 would mean more to you being from Indiana than if you were born in a different state? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean the the support that I've got here is is incredible. I'm 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 extremely thankful for it every day that I'm out here, and uh, you know I. There's been so much going on, and we try to get from place to place, and so many people are asking for, for pictures and autographs, and it means so much to me, and it's, it's, it's such a great, uh, you know, such a great community here. I love being from this state. I love living in this city, um, and, uh, you know, this, this race means the most to me. So I think no one else can really say that. Ed, Ed is, of course, my boss, you know, a big Indiana guy, uh, you know, the, and the crowd loves him as well. But uh, to see some of the videos of whenever I took the lead the last two years, um, it's uh, it definitely makes me uh, emotional every time. Connor, if fans are still trying to figure out who they're going to pick to win the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500, why should they pick you? I think they should pick me because, well, we've been at the front the last two years. I mean, we we, we figure out how to get there. We figure out how to stay there. And I think, um, you know, I, I, I understand more and more about this race every year. Uh, but there are going to be a lot of good cars to beat. So I, I don't ever want to take away from anyone else that's, that's uh, you know, also going to be a really, really fast car. Uh, you know, the Ganassi cars are going to be tough to beat. The guys at the front, Dixon and Pelot, and uh, even Marcus Erickson as well. Um, but uh, can't, can, never, can, can never count out Takuma Sato, I mean, two-time champion. Uh, and the McLaren guys, they're, they're also going to be really fast. So, uh, there's a lot of good cars out there, but uh, I think we've got a you know we've got a, a a good chance. Hey Connor, what's your milk choice if you win the thing? You go one percent, two percent, or whole milk? Uh, the majority of the field goes with whole milk, and I, I'm, I'm I'm there in the majority. So uh, it seems like the the um, the right call to make. And and if you make any other choices, there seems to be a lot of internet critics that decide to call you out on it. <laughs> Um, and there's even been some idiot who photoshops the photo every single time of all of our milk choices. And like it puts soy milk in for me. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, haha, funny joke person on the internet that doesn't know anything about anything. So it's, uh, it's hilarious. I'm glad you said that. Cause if I saw that, I would have believed it and it's not true at all. Huh? No, no, there's always, 
there's always clowns on the internet that think that they're really funny, but uh, it's uh, the legit is we're all whole milk, and uh, that's that's what it's all about. Most of us are whole milk. You got a couple two percenters in there, so you know it, it is what it is. Awesome, man. Well, hey, good luck on race day. Hope you do an awesome job, Connor. And it's a lot of fun to visit with you, man. Had a good time. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. There he is, Connor Daly, Ed Carpenter Racing.